Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Thanks guys. Take your seats. (laughs) How are we all doing this evening? Uh, I, um, this is my last day of holiday. I go, oh. back, I go back to work tomorrow. Yeah. I don't know how I'm going to cope without like, having three Disney films throughout the course of the day. Yeah. Like, the incessant optimism, I think, is going to just, I'm going to like, crash. It's like if some, I've, I had any problems at work, I feel like I should burst out in a song, but, <laughs> but it would be a little awkward. I'll maybe just imagine Heidi with a guitar and I'll just hum to myself. But, uh, there's, uh, yeah, getting back into it, getting back into the normal things. I, as you can tell, I sound a little croaky today. It's uh, not because I took up smoking over the holidays. Uh, <laughs> although, if the feedback's good, I might do it to sort of uh, maintain, you know, your encouragement, you know. I'm willing to do these sorts of things for you guys. Put you guys first. It's the job of a congregational pastor. But, yeah, no, my, uh, it sounds a bit weird. It sounds uh, a little croaky. I, on that last song we sang, there was a key change, and it might surprise some of you. I didn't, I didn't meet it. I didn't get the key change whatsoever. I was, I was stayed at the same sort of gurgling volume that I had been the whole time, and uh, that's just how, uh, that's how it's going to be. So, uh, but I look forward to it. If I, if I burst out in a coughing, it's, it's, I'm not manifesting or anything like that. This is a cough. I'll take a drink of water. It'll be okay. We can continue. But uh, yeah, we're going to have a great time tonight, and I really want to continue a little bit on what uh, Pastor Kevin preached this morning. I really encourage you, go and listen to that message if you haven't heard it already. Ready? It's about preparation, the preparation of a minister, and I encourage you, that is a tremendous message. It is a message to kick the year off with, and so uh, I see my message as like sort of a companion message. Like me and oh, Kevin, still laughing at it. I feel like we should be like standing up here holding hands. Like This is, this is our companion message. Mine, mine is there to sort of uh, be your companion, and, uh, and, and that's, that's what I aim to do tonight, because I'm going to speak about how we are all ministers as well. We are ministers as, as a church and as, as people, as, as, as people of the kingdom of God. We are ministers. That's what we've been called to do. And so, uh, just to kick us off, um, we're going to go to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, verse 4, and I'm only going to read half the verse, because I'm... Uh, that, that, that's all I need to, to get going. So uh, it's uh, Paul speaking. He says, in everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. <laughs> I'll do that again. In everything. Mm. I love, I love definitive statements in the Bible. Like whenever it says an everything or an all or a nothing, it's like, I, I, I feel like I can emphasize those words a little bit more. It's like everything Everything, but there's so much to that. It's such a, it's such a bold claim from Paul. It's such a, it's, but it's more than just a bold claim. It's, I feel it's like it's his mandate. It talks about the mandate in everything we do. We show that we are true ministers of God. It's, it's the mandate, the the culture that he set within his group in everything. We are, and there's, there's some really key words here. It says words like true and show and everything. And, you know, to, to be true something speaks so much of what's on the inside. To show is the actions that we do upon the outside and in everything. It's like it knits 
the internal and the external altogether. It's, there's something so powerful in the fact that when he says everything, it is everything. It is in everything. It is the internal, the external, the, 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 the actions and the thoughts. All of it is about being a true minister of God. And the truth be told that when you read that, it seems like a, like a lofty expectation, right? It's lofty. It's like, whoa, in everything, to be a true minister, it, 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 it seems a little, almost a, a little intimidating because it's so unflinching. It's such an unflinching statement. As so much of Paul, he doesn't flinch. He doesn't sugarcoat the truth. It's like, oh, no, it's in everything. If you want to be a true minister, it's in everything. But, but I want us to, tonight, when we, when we think about this, when we explore this, this idea a little bit further, I want us to take a little bit of a step to the right and, and maybe re-look re, re at the way that we understand that and rather it be sort of a, a lofty expectation that is placed upon us. What if we see it actually more as a template? A template that we can step into and a template that we can grow into. That it is a template that has been placed in there. It's a principle or truth that, that frames this, this seemingly impossible undertaking but makes it plausible. Yeah. Makes it plausible. We are. And, and I guess just to start with, you know, I guess we have maybe different ideas of what it is to be a minister. What, what it is to be a minister at the Bible, there's various, you know, you can find descriptions and, and, I, uh, and, and it tells you what it is. I've, I've got one that I've, I've chosen here, but, but there are many more. Uh, in Colossians 1, 25 to 29, Paul once again, he says, I have become its, by which he means the church's, servant, by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations. But it is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. And there's so much in that. And uh, there's, there's, there's certain ideas that, 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 that Paul is putting forth, the idea that there are these mysteries of God. These mysteries of God. These are mysteries not to God, not, not even uh, largely to, to us as Christians as we begin to understand Scripture, but, but they are mysteries to the greater world. They are, they are mysteries to mankind. They are the sort of things that seem counterintuitive. They're the sort of things that, that don't make sense in the real world. The idea that like, oh, I would, get, I would become prosperous by being generous, you know, I, I, by, by, by opening my hand instead of grabbing tightly. These are... They seem counterintuitive. These are the mysteries of God. These are the, 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 the things that, that we are called to present and to reveal to mankind. But in how do we do that? Is it, is it in the form of like, is it like an education? Are we supposed to perform a sort of, a, 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 like as if we are teachers? Is, is this education that, 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 that the scripture talks about? I... I, I totally believe that everybody has like someone from there sort of as they were growing up that they whether it be like a teacher or a tutor or just someone that just was around their life that just you remember favorably just the 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 way that you kind of you 
you might not necessarily have always got on with them. You might not have always even enjoyed their class. But there was something in the way that they taught, something in the way that they sort of uh, presented ideas that kind of you remember. And over the holidays, uh, my two brothers and I were chatting about an English teacher that we'd all had at secondary school. And he was probably the only teacher that the three of us all shared. Uh, and we were kind of laughing a little bit about, you know, sort of memories of sort of his, his style of lessons, his style of teaching, and most, mostly his, his personality and things like that. And we remembered all those, those little sort of unique, unconventional techniques he used to employ to draw his classes towards certain ideas, towards certain cultures or standards. And he, would, uh, he was one of those teachers that you just didn't ever want to disappoint. Like you felt genuinely bad. Like there was a time where he would come in after the day before, and the day before there'd been uh, a substitute teacher who'd been sent packing. <laughs> come back when you got a, a real contract, then we'll really respect you, that sort of thing. And, <laughs> and he came in and he was like, I've never, never been so disappointed in a class in all my life. I bet he'd said it a thousand times. I bet he said it to every class. At some point, I've never, never been so disappointed in a class. I'm embarrassed, but he disgusts me. <laughs> Honestly, you look, you look, you'd say, wow, really have to rethink my life. <laughs> They challenged me at my core. <laughs> you know, you're really, you're like, wow, goodness me, the, 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 the emotion. How much, how much did he trust in us, believe in us? We let him down. It was, uh, <laughs> he was the sort of teacher that, like, he didn't shout. Like, I think I had him for, like, three years, and he maybe shouted on two occasions. Maybe, might have even been one. But it was the threat of him shouting, which was the really terrifying bit. It was it was because on those occasions, you, he didn't even need to necessarily be shouting in your, your room. I remember hearing him like five rooms away and being like, oh my goodness, I feel bad for those guys. <laughs> what on earth did they do? It was the ferocity, and, but it was, it was the way that he moved, did that classic teacher move of, he'd slap the hand on the table before he'd shout, just to put the sort of, the electricity up your spine. You're like, ah! <laughs> He was that sort of teacher. He was, he was very devious as well. He, uh, he, one time, he took, a, he took a, a girl in our class and he sent her on, like, he would give her like the register, some sort of like fake school thing, uh, and, and he'd give her the register and said, oh, you have to go and take this. And, and it was, what he'd really done, it was, just a, it was a wild goose chase. He'd just given her this register and she was basically going to keep her at the room for 15 minutes so that he could tell the rest of us why she was a very good student and none of us were. So that she could set this standard of like, this is what she does and that's why she's the best and none of you do it. And like, it's just like, all right, well, we'll see about that then. And goodness me, if you couldn't painted a bigger target on somebody's back poor girl <laughs> everyone's giving her sideways looks when she comes back in a class it's like I just did the register but uh, you go away in your room you're trying to write stories and like, I'm going to type this one up I'm really going to impress him and you know these little techniques these little things to kind of draw you to a place that's, that's, what te- that's the, the game what teaching is right this, for any of you guys who are still at school it's like that's the game what, there's, there's two games going on they have what's on the board and what they want the board to go into the brain so that you can pass tests. But that's, that's on the surface. That's what you're all supposed to know. What you don't realize is what they're trying to do is the, the, the little secret game, which is you're meant to take that knowledge, and then it's, they want it to become something that you understand. 
And once you understand it, it becomes part of your logic, part of your reasoning, part of your rationale. It becomes something that you apply in your life. And that's the secret game. And so if you're at school, make sure that they don't allow you to do that. <laughs> Unless it's maths, because maths is for winners. <laughs> that's it. They're just trying, they're com- they communicate knowledge. They communicate experience so that we understand. That's, that's the role of a teacher. But to minister is, is not that. It's a little bit of that, but that's not, that doesn't encapsulate what being a minister is about. See, to be a minister is to, it's to kind of breathe life into something. It's to inspire faith in a promise. It's to animate faith within a person. That, 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 that they can, they, they, their life is, has something breathed fresh and anew into it. That they can find a place of redemption upon a promise of mercy, that they can find repentance upon a promise of forgiveness, that they can find restoration upon a promise of grace. That is, that is what ministry does. It, it animates faith. It brings faith to life. It becomes something that is inspired to believe upon a promise. And there's a there's an aspect of ministry that just, it demands conviction. It demands conviction. It demands conviction from the person who is, who is receiving that, but also from the person who is, who is presenting it, that, that is, that is uh, wielding that, 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 that ministry, that is, that is pointing that ministry. There's a conviction because we are not, we are not called, we're not here to build shelves on which we place books of knowledge. We are here to present ropes on which people will hang their lives, that they will trust their lives to. That is the difference. We are presenting ropes on which you ask a person, rest your life upon this. Trust your life to this. This will keep you safe. This will keep you from falling. Ah. Yes. See how far we get before I run out again. (laughs) 1 Corinthians 4, verse 1 to 2. This then is how you ought to regard us, as servants of Christ and as those entrusted with the mysteries God has revealed. Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. We are entrusted to minister the revelation of God's mysteries. We're trusted with that. We're like custodians, like stewards. We wield the authority afforded to us by that revelation. You think, it's, it, there's an old adage. It's like in the land of the blind, the, one man, the one-eyed man is king. Revelation is something that just, it is an authority. Like you have an authority with, with the revelation to know what it is to be free, what it, know what it is to have liberty, to know what it is to have salvation. That is authority. And we wield that authority. We wield that authority. It's the revelation that is afforded to us by grace. Not for gain or for for our own sort of consolidation, but for the distribution and benefit of all mankind. Mm -hmm. There's a parallel to this that I kind of realized over the holidays. Oh, thank you very much. How strong is this? It's only pretty hot. 
<laughs> That'll be the lips. <laughs> well then, <laughs> is, uh, is everyone here, or have many people here heard of uh, Bitcoin? People are a Bitcoin, right? It's kind of the craze. It's everyone's sort of talking about it. I have friends and family that are all over it, and they're, they're telling me, oh, yeah, you should get into it. It's, since last year, it's gone up by like five times or whatever. And I looked at it five, uh, a year ago, and I didn't really understand it, and maybe now I regret it. But uh, there, is a, there is a dichotomy to Bitcoin. There is like two things that are true that kind of oppose each other, that, uh, that kind of undermines its purpose. See, the... The whole point of Bitcoin is that you would have this, this cryptocurrency, this internet currency that could be used anywhere, that it's untraceable, so you can set a hit or, uh, or do, you know, do anything that you want, and it's untraceable. Uh, I don't know why I went to hit first, but you know, I think that's what it's mainly used for. <laughs> but it's the currency of the World Wide Web. It goes, it goes over borders. You don't need to convert it. It's something that is... It, it transcends currency in a sense. It's something that, that gives freedom to people. And it seemingly possesses value for all things. Mm-hmm. Has value for all things. But the problem is that it has risen in value so much, and it continues to do so, that people don't really want to use it anymore. They, they'd rather hold on to it. Mm-hmm. But you, I, I, I speak to people and say, oh, you've bought some... What have you bought with it? We're talking about bought with it. I'm keeping it. It's gone up five times. <laughs> five times. <laughs> See, but it's not really fulfilling the purpose for which it was intended, right? It was intended to be a currency that can be used and, and create sort of a freedom, create a level playing field, uh, something, a liberty to, to transactions and commerce. And yet now it's really, in a lot of instances, become an asset. Yeah. An asset just like any other. Although not really like any other, because gold, for instance. Gold's beautiful. Gold is a beautiful, precious metal. I read, I'm pretty sure I remember the numbers right, there's only apparently sort of something like 40 or 50 tons of undiscovered oil, uh, undiscovered gold, they estimate. 40 or 50 tons seems like a lot. You can build a lot of cars with that. But if you think about there being like 7 billion people and you've got, you know, who knows how long uh, left... There's not actually an awful lot of gold. It's a, it's a finite, precious, beautiful quantity. And so you, if you have it, you have it. I've never actually seen a Bitcoin. Anyone seen one? Anyone got it in their wallet? <laughs> it's, it might be an asset, but it no longer fulfills the purpose for which it was intended. Mm. It, it it's actually has, fails to perform the mechanism of freedom for which it was first devised. Mm. And our faithfulness as ministers, is the degree to which we don't restrict the unraveling of those mysteries. Mm. Don't restrict it, that we don't allow ourselves to be constrained. Because you see, to minister, to minister is to illuminate. It is to illuminate, to, to shine a light into a situation or onto a person, to be pointed to be deliberate, to be intentional, to be purposeful, to minister is to illuminate, to shine that light as if it was a torch, confidently shining that torch, confidently shining that light, so that the thing is lit up, 
so that whatever shadow, whatever darkness is there is illuminated, is, is taken away that the truth can now be seen. To minister is to illuminate. In 1 Timothy 4, verse 6 to 8, Paul writes, If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, nourished on the truths of the faith and of good teaching that you have followed. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things. Holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Mm-hmm. Found it interesting. He said, "Train yourself to be godly." Mm-hmm. I think we sometimes think, "Wow, well, that's something we receive, right? Mm-hmm. We receive that. That's not something we train for." Yeah, kind of. To an extent, mm-hmm. I encourage you to listen to Pastor Kevin's message about preparation, because mm-hmm. there's a preparation, there's a training. Sure, salvation is a gift, but God has so much more. He has so much more that he can pull out of us, that he can place within us. So train yourself to be godly. Why? Because godliness has value for all things. Godliness has value for all things. The only aspect of our lives that, that, that straddles the sort of the divide between today and eternity is the spirit man. It is our spirit life. That is the only thing, the only aspect of us that, 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 that lives in both, that will endure beyond the natural, beyond the carnal, beyond the flesh. It's our spirit man is what will endure. And he is nourished, nourished on truths of faith nourished on truths of faith trained to be godly nourished on truths of faith what are truths of faith truths of faith it's praying it's worship it's scripture it's coming into relationship with god it's having relationship with the king that is nourished with truths of faith that is how the spirit man is trained that is how godliness breaks forth in our lives. That is how we are able to present a light into the world. See, God God cultivates a life of the Spirit within us. Cultivates it. Through the preparation of righteous living comes holiness. Mm -hmm. Be holy before God. You know, we minister out of that life. That's what we, it's, it's, it's that life. It's the light of the spirit man is what we, what we minister out of. It's what radiates within us and what we allow to shine out. To minister is to point that light into another's life. Yeah. It's to point that light, that light that God has started, that he kindled within you. Yeah. You let it burst forth. You let the power of it, you let the strength of it, you let the truth of it shine out. The thing is, it's not about knowing answers. I think so often we can be discouraged 
that the problems that are presented to us will outflank us. That we, that we feel like, oh, they might be too much. What if I don't know? What if, what if somebody asks me a question and I don't, I don't know the answer to it? I, I can't, I can't, I, I can't, I look stupid, right? But being holy is to be synchronized with the heart of God, with the rhythms of his heart. It's to be aligned with his will. Therefore, in any circumstance, his will can be revealed. His will shall be revealed. And so in that respect, to minister, to walk into a situation, it's like you're, it's like you're carrying a, a magnifying glass. Imagine that, a magnifying glass that will bring all things into focus, that will present all the right remedies. You don't necessarily know what lies beneath. You don't know what sits beneath the cushions on the sofa. (laughs) Don't know what lies behind the facade of people's lives. It's not about you going and knowing. That's not what ministering is. Ministering is having the confidence of saying, oh, I know, I know that I know that God is with me and whatever truth needs to be revealed will be revealed. I will see what lies beneath. I will be able to see into the heart of an issue because God has equipped me to be a minister in this situation. God has ministered into my life that which I minister into another's. That the light that he has started in my life, the spirit man that he has trained and he has nourished is enough to see light ignited in another. His will will always be unveiled. Yeah. Yeah. I could get some monkeys. See, we bear the light of, of God's revelation to the world around us. We bear that light. It sits within us. It radiates from us. But you see, it's one thing to be a light in a dark place. To stand out and to attract attention but it's another thing altogether to take that light and bear it upon somebody who draws near to take that light and bear it down to let the truth be the truth to let the 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 wisdom of God be unflinching to allow the light that God has stoked upon the inside to light up another's life to illuminate another, to, <coughs> to enlighten another, to reveal the parts of them that cry out for redemption or suffer the loss or suffer the absence of a savior. God has given us all that we need that we minister to this world. He has given us a light within us. We're not searching for a light. We're not searching for something that he has not given us. God has placed it upon the inside. He has placed it and he nourishes it. He has given us every opportunity to train it. Allow that light to be a light that transforms the world. As we go out here today, as we leave this place, as we go back to our jobs on Monday or, or see our families or, or whatever it is we do after this place, recognize, be encouraged that you carry a light 
on the inside. There's a life of the Spirit that runs and it sits upon your inside. That God has placed there. Not for our own purposes. Not for our own gains. Not for our own prosperity. It's great that those things happen. But that it be a light that illuminates the world around us. Being a true minister, as Paul spoke, being a true minister of God starts to be our everyday when we allow the vibrant life of the Spirit to start bleeding into everything we do. That's how it becomes everything. Take the Spirit. We take God and His purpose and His will. We let it be something that just in rhythm with him in rhythm thanks for listening if you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times then don't forget to visit our website www.junctionchurch.com god bless